Welcome to Boss Ladies. So, I don't know about all of you, but I am obsessed with cookies. I love cookies. I mean, I love I love all baked goods, but I especially love cookies. So, I am so excited today because I am going to be joined by Julie Waxman, the founder of Baked in Color. These are the most colorful, fun, adorable, amazing cookies that I've ever seen and tried because they are incredibly delicious. Um, so I'm excited to talk to her a little bit about, you know, what it's been like transitioning from having a boss to now being a boss. Um, you know, talk a little bit about what the impact of COVID has been like on the on the business and sort of how she she talks a little bit about, you know, what work life balance is and and how she makes time for her family while also managing the business. So it was super fun super interesting. Um, She's also a Cornell alum, as am I. So that is extra fun. Um, So with that, I, you know, I welcome Julie Waxman to join me on Boss Ladies today. Hello, I'm here with the founder of Baked in Color, Julie Waxman. I could not be more excited to have you today. Thank you. I feel the same. So happy to be here. Amazing. And a fellow Cornell alum. You know, I always love to give Cornell a shout out. Absolutely. Go, go Big Red. (laughs) Awesome. So can you start by telling me a little bit about what led to founding Baked in Color? Absolutely. It actually, it it started at Cornell. So I had a a cookie business at Cornell my senior year. We baked five varieties of cookies and we delivered them warm with a quart of milk. It was a very successful uh, small business. In fact, I sold it when I was graduating. I sold it to a few other students. Um, and the business kept going. So I have cookies kind of in my blood. I graduated and I went on to work in corporate retail. I worked at Saks Fifth Avenue and I worked at Macy's and I really enjoyed my time at both of those companies. It was very entrepreneurial in spirit. I worked with great teams. I learned so many aspects of business that helped me become an entrepreneur. You know, everything from sales and marketing and product development and merchandising and took all of that hands-on and then um, was actually in a grocery store shopping one day with my small daughter um, in a a really fun store called Stu Leonard's in Westchester County. And we saw the rainbow bagel and she loved it. And I think I loved it as much as she did. I just thought it was the (laughs) funnest, happiest product. And I just had that aha moment. I knew that there was a trend of color and I knew that I had this fabulous recipe for chocolate chip cookies. So I couldn't get wait to get home. So I got home, I went right on my computer and I Googled chocolate chip cookies. And sure enough, I looked at the images and there were about, you know, thousands of cookies. They were all great shades of beige and brown, but there was not one colorful cookie. So I, I knew I had a great concept, um, did a lot of research. There was a lot of cupcakes and cakes. There was only the only cookies at that time that were colorful were macaroons and sugar cookies. So nothing in um, the chocolate chip cookie space and chocolate chip cookies are in fact America's number one dessert. Did you know that, Olivia? (laughs) I did not know that, but I can believe it. (laughs) Yes. Don't say you didn't learn anything. So who doesn't like chocolate chip cookies? So Basically, I had this great recipe from my Cornell days. Um, I also knew that at, 
at Cornell, we had five kinds of cookies and chocolate chip cookies represented 85% of the sales. So that's my second backing for chocolate chip cookies as, as the, the go-to cookie. So I uh, spent a lot of time tweaking the recipe and really just figuring out how to execute the color. That was, that was the real challenge. And um, uh, hundreds of test batches later, we, we, we figured out how to make the most beautiful rainbow chocolate chip cookie. And um, of course, it was delicious. And, and the, the mission was really to develop the happiest cookie in the marketplace, right? That's really what we're trying to do with our product is to deliver happy, beautiful, delicious cookies and brownies now. And that, that's kind of our origin story. I absolutely love that. And having just tried them, I can attest to how delicious they are and how beautiful they are. So everyone, Thank if you, you have time, you should go order some right now um, before, and, and, you know, and of course, come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. <laughs> um, so when you were working at corporate retail at Saks and Macy's, was this idea always in the back of your mind? Like, did you know you were going to leave one day to start the company? You know, what led you to finally just do it? Was it just seeing the you know, that colorful bagel and Stu Leonard's? You know, it's, it's such a great question. So I actually loved working at Saks Fifth Avenue. It was, it was, as I said, it was super creative and it was the perfect way to get hands-on business experience, but with somebody else's money, right? So I had this big company <laughs> behind me. I worked 24-7, gave it my all. I treated it like it was my own business. So I was actually, no, I was not at all thinking about having my own business. I was thinking about being engaged, enjoying what I was doing, learning every day, working with smart, dynamic people and great products, and just kind of soaking it all in and getting experience. And I stayed there a long time. And then I was recruited to work at Macy's and more of the same, just learning as much as I could learn. And then I did, I got to a point where I, I wasn't learning so much and I was ready for the next thing. I definitely thought about lots of opportunities and for whatever reason, none were right until this, this idea came to light. And by the way, so just because I thought it was a great idea, I developed this product, but I needed proof of concept, right? Because it's not enough to just have a great idea. So what I did once, once I figured out how to make these cookies, I did a test and I made um, 500 bags of, of beautiful rainbow cookies you know, this was about over a month and a half. And I put together an intro kind of uh, flyer. And I delivered these to people I knew, friends, friends of friends, and with a bag of cookies and a note and a menu, I dropped these off. And I got 75% of the people that we gave cookies to ordered from us. So all it was, it was wow. a menu. Is that a crazy return on investment? I mean, I, I'll never have any that again. Yeah, so, that's, <laughs> hey, never say never. No, well, yeah, if I had 50% return on my investment, I'd be thrilled. So basically, <laughs> we, we, and we just did this experiment where we, we wrote, we gave them the free, and then we had a menu, and they just clicked a picture of what they wanted, and they texted it in, because we didn't have a website yet. And we got 75% return on our investment. So there's a lot to be learned from that. Like, I think one thing is that people love free, right? Who doesn't love to get mm -hmm. something free? It just feels really totally. good. It makes you feel special, right? Who, and they obviously love the product. And really, it was just, I think it was this new, this like reimagined happy 
rainbow cookie. It was just everywhere we delivered them. We just saw people light up. You know, our cookies, they make people happy. They bring smiles. That's, they're very joyful. I mean, it just fills me up. It, it's just, uh, it's super exciting. So that that's really the, the differentiator. Yes, they're delicious. There's a lot of delicious products out there, but these colors just, they, they are what set us apart. That's awesome. I mean, where do you see it going over the next five, 10 years? What are you envisioning? So our vision is to build Baked in Color as a huge brand, as the happiest cookie in the marketplace. You know, I'd like to have, uh, I want to have a passionate and diverse team of people, innovative and delicious products, creative branding, strategic marketing, and additional locations and distribution channels. So big plans, national brands, <laughs> Baked in Color. I'm thinking big, Olivia. Are you thinking more like brick and mortar? Or are you thinking more online and e-commerce? I'm actually so, so it's interesting. So we had one New York City location and um, with COVID, it, it has been shut down. But I was always of the mind of, I, I think uh, the way a lot of these businesses go, go out of business is by tackling on big real estate investments and high overhead. So I've always been looking for, you know, really small pop-ups, kiosks locations. I'm very into the idea of having lots of kiosks nationwide. I'd love to have them, not now, but when, when things open up again. I'd love to be in airports. I'd love to be in sports arenas. I mean, what would be better than blue and white New York Yankees cookies or, you know, red cookies for New York in the in LaGuardia Airport? Um so I love the ideas of kiosks because they are smaller and um, less expensive. And all of our products are baked and packaged in our commercial kitchens. You know, we can fit a lot in a small space, right? We don't, we're not baking on site. Um, that's also something that um, sets us apart. It has been great during COVID as well because, um, you know, they're very safe. They've been... Um, well, I have to say, I am impressed with how soft they still are, especially if they're not baked next door. I mean, yeah. that is quite impressive. They stay fresh. We we bake it. We bake and ship same day for next day delivery, so they are very fresh when you get them. That is unbelievable. So, can you tell me? Um, you kind of mentioned with the brick and mortar story, you know, about the impact of COVID, but I'd love to hear a bit more about how it's impacted you guys and if you've had to adapt anything. Absolutely. So, um, you know, COVID has been so devastating for everybody. First and foremost, you know, I want my people who, who I work with and everybody to be healthy and safe and so far so good. We are very careful to assure that we have all the um, appropriate protocols in place to keep everybody safe and healthy. So when, when we saw COVID coming in February, when COVID was um, in the news, what I did was I stockpiled. I, I had anticipated there was going to be a supply chain break. And so I, I actually ordered tens of thousands of dollars worth of supplies, everything from boxes and ice packs and cooling bags, bags, bows, you know, all of our packing packaging uh, materials to Oreos and chocolate chips and flour and brown sugar and vanilla to really be ahead of it, thinking that, you know, things were going to break down. And, and sure enough, our New York City location closed, all of my events got canceled. And at the time, events were about 25% of our sales. And our online business took off. 
So we actually had our biggest two months of business in April and May since we launched in 2016. With New York closed and all my events canceled, the online e-commerce business exploded. We ship nationwide with Gold Belly, and they've been a fantastic partner to us. So a lot of the orders came in through Gold Belly, and we were able to fill those orders, whereas a lot of others didn't know how to ship because they weren't set up for shipping, or they were sold out because they didn't have enough of the flower um, boxes, ice packs, insulators. So even if we were maybe not their first choice or their second choice, we, we could execute. So that was really great. And also, you know, during COVID, people were really looking for happy, um, right? And rainbows. I mean, we saw rainbows being put in windows. So our rainbow co- cookies were kind of the perfect happy treat to bring some some sunshine and some smiles to, to those who... Um, who could use that, which was pretty much, and is pretty much about everybody. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like especially right now, you know, it seems like the city might shut down again. So seems like happy is all everyone needs and wants right now. So it seems like very well-timed. It's true. You know, we write, we handwrite our gift messages and, and it's just really one of my favorite thing is reading reading these messages that people write. I mean, it's very, um, I have goosebumps even saying it's very, very meaningful to see how much people care and love each other and, and, you know, get well. I'm thinking of you, sending you some color. I mean, you know, just people are inherently good and kind and loving. And and that's definitely a a really fun part about what I do is getting to see that. Aw, and that's, that's really wonderful. And uh, yeah, that's, that's really awesome. I, uh, yeah, I do want to jump topics a little bit and talk a little bit more about you and your career. You know, what is it like being a female founder? And what was it like being a female founder in 2016? And how has that experience changed over the last four years? You know, is that easier, harder? I love being a woman and I love working with women. I think women are dynamic and passionate and and so incredibly capable. I'm a female founder, so it's it's all I know, right? Um, So I think that it makes a lot of sense that women are, are fabulous entrepreneurs because we are, on top of everything I just said, we multitask, right? Women are just so capable of doing so many things. And when you're an entrepreneur, you have a million things thrown at you every day and you're juggling, you know, countless balls in the air. Um, so you need to have that ability to multitask. Also, that's just work. You know, as a, as a woman, you know, I'm, I'm a wife. I have children. So the, the ability to, to figure out how to balance all of that is, is also very challenging. And I think only women are capable of that. No, I'm just kidding. But I think that um, women, <laughs> women can definitely execute so many things at once and and execute so well. Totally. What has it been like then transitioning from having a boss to being your own boss? And do you have any advice for any others that are making that transition? Well, it's interesting. So as when I worked in corporate America, I was always, I was a boss because I had big teams working for me, but I also had great bosses. And I was really, I always felt that it was, I was always extremely loyal to my bosses And I worked incredibly hard because I felt like, you know, my work was a reflection 
on them, right? And and vice vice versa. So I I was all about the team, and I think that I try to to lead in that same way. There's no there's no task that I'm above. I, I do every single thing in my business. I have done everything, and I don't expect my team to do anything that I haven't done or that I don't do. So I think it's really important to to lead by example. And so, you know, what does that mean? I mean, I've stayed up till two in the morning putting, you know, stickers on boxes and you typing in UPS labels or, you know, dealing with a customer service issue or baking, you know, an order that was forgotten, you know, at two in the morning, whatever it takes, I'll do. And I think that as a boss, my team sees that and you know, it's kind of like you lead by example and you set a standard. And I know that great bosses that I had did that. And you kind of, you you do as you see and you set the tone and it, it kind of all comes full circle and you work together as a team. So you're all kind of on the ride together and a, a common vision. And that's my thought on that. I definitely agree with that. And I think you especially are, you know, you respect someone more who's, you know, leading the team that you're on if they're doing all the things you mentioned, you know, and they've they filled every role at some point or tried every pair of shoes on, if you will. Um, so I think that's awesome. And I can also say if you have a bad boss, that stinks. So Yeah, it, it's true. But you know what? <laughs> you learn as much from a bad boss as a good boss, I've had many a bad boss. And I always said, I will not manage my people like this. Like, yeah. this is just, you know, and it's, it's really interesting. I remember thinking like one boss, just no matter what I did, I couldn't win that boss over, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, and, and it just, I felt so lousy about it. And I just never would want any of my people to feel that way. Yeah, that's so important. I I honestly hadn't even thought about that, but it's true. Everything I think I wouldn't do as a boss is be, is because of bosses who have done that and I didn't like Absolutely. it. So you're definitely right. You learn both ways. Um, so you talked a little bit about work-life balance. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what work-life balance is in your mind? So I am not great at work-life balance. I'm I'm one of those people that kind of is in 100% with what I do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I live life. I feel like whatever you do, you should give it your all and and go in full force. And that's a hard way to be when you have a family. On the other hand, I think it's a really good example. Like I, it, I know my children are really proud of me and I know that my children are also really hardworking and they're all kind of exceptional people in their in their own right with their passions and and their work ethic and making things happen and really good self-esteem. So I think I'm all in. I work incredibly hard. I think my kids see me working incredibly hard. However, we have dinner together at night. We have great family time. We're a really, really close family. I have a wonderful husband who has a great career, and I have three really strong, incredible kids. It's about maximizing the time and making it meaningful because we all kind of are very, they're also very busy people with their own activities. So when we're together, we try to make it special and we try to make it meaningful. And it sounds like your work ethic is inspiring them to you know, follow that pattern as well. So I think that sounds amazing. And it sounds like you balance everything really well. Thank you. 
thinking about sort of, I don't know, this next generation, what do you think would be the biggest challenge for the next generation of, of women behind us? Well, I think that it's really important that women support women. And so how can we do that, right? We can hire them. We can teach them. I think it's just really important that as women, we all support and invest in each other. Um, and we teach by example. There's no doubt that that the future of female leaders is, is going to be extremely bright and and I'm so excited. I mean, look at this. We've got a female vice president. It's regardless of your political views, it, it's just so inspiring that we have a woman vice president. Yeah, I I couldn't be happier. I mean, come on, we have a boss lady in the executive branch, if we if you will. It's awesome. What's better than that? <laughs> exactly. Um, what do you think we can all do to start empowering this next generation? I mean, definitely, you know, visibility and seeing others that look like you, especially in the case of Kamala, is really important. But what else do you think would be helpful? I think just offering opportunities. I mean, as as an entrepreneur, you know, investing in the people, hiring a diverse group of women and sharing and having everybody be a part of the building of the business and, and of our communities. That, that's what I think for now. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. And that's definitely a good place to start. Um, so I love to end these interviews, obviously, on a high note. Um, can you talk to me about what you feel is one of your greatest accomplishments? Sure. I guess what I'm most proud of is, is our, our product, right? We have this happy, fantastic product, and we have outstanding customer service. And the way we can measure that is that we have an extremely high return rate of our customers, which is almost 40%, which is extremely high in the industry. Another thing that I'm really proud of is all the media exposure we've gotten. We've been really lucky because the cookies are so visual. Um, they took off on Instagram and we got a lot of great press early on when we launched. Insider actually reached out and they filmed this really fun dynamic video um, and it went viral on Facebook and it's life to date. It's gotten more than seven and a half million views on just Facebook. Wow. That is awesome. Isn't that awesome? And unpaid, you know, unsolicited. They came to us. We made this really fantastic content and it's out there in the world and, you know, it just pops up all the time. I see it all the time. So, and, and by the way, that's once again, that's Facebook alone. So Instagram, YouTube, it's gotten well over eight and a half million views all in. So I feel really proud of all the media exposure. We also got Good Morning America did a fantastic feature on us, Huffington Post, a lot of great press. So I feel really proud of that. And I feel really proud to be on this podcast. So thank you for having us. You know, <laughs> I really, I want to get the word out about Baked in Color. And, you know, I can't do that without people like you and all of these, all the support from the media and from influencers and from our customers. So I'm really grateful for that. Amazing. And thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. This has been such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much. I loved it. For more information about Boss Ladies, go to www.bossladiespodcast.com. Also, check us out on Instagram at Boss Ladies Podcast. Check back soon for another episode of Boss Ladies. <laughs>